Hey, hip fans, it's JD here. Have you ever imagined what it would be like if you could listen to the Tragically Hip for the first time again? This is something I've spent a great deal of time considering. I can still remember my first experience with the band. While it was a while ago, I still remember it like it was yesterday. It was July of 1990, and I was working in a small-town, quick-serve restaurant and dairy bar called Yeti's Arctic Safari. The new owner, Jeff, brought in a stereo system to replace the dinky radio that had entertained us with classic rock while we worked. He had a mixtape that featured a band he called The Traj. As the first notes rung out, something happened inside of me. The music resonated with my 13-year-old self. I could feel a change coming over me that was more powerful than the puberty I was working my way through. It was hard rock, but it was different than the hard rock I was listening to at home. Instead of dripping with machismo and bravado, this music cut deeper to me. It featured lyrical twists and turns, a phrase that left me wanting more. Fortunately, I got to come of age with the trash, or the hip. Most of my experiences I discussed on the podcast fully and completely with my friend Greg. And while that podcast satisfied my desire to share my takes on one of Canada's greatest bands, it still didn't hit the mark of taking me back to that moment at Yeti's, or the longing I felt listening to Road Apples, the ahas I had with Fully Completely, the coming of age I experienced with Day for Night, or the simmering beauty of Trouble at the Hen House, and so on. That's where this podcast comes in. You see, my friends Pete and Tim have never heard of the hit before. It turns out, there are a lot of people who have never heard of the band before. So for those of you that fall into this category, experience the music of the Tragically Hip along with Pete and Tim as we travel the discography and tackle the music and storytelling of our band, the Tragically Hip. If you're already a diehard, listen along and hear what they note, what they notice, and how often they get it wrong. Every week we'll tackle a new record. So strap in and get ready to listen to the hip for the first time again. Long Slice Brewery presents Getting Hip to the Hip. Hey, it's JD here, and welcome to Getting Hip to the Hip. Uh, I hope you are ready to rock and roll. I know my friends Pete and Tim are. Let me just take their muzzles off here and let them have at it. Fellas, before we go anywhere, tell me why you did this. Because, I mean, because it could turn out, like, incredibly sideways. I don't know where this is going to go. I think that this is, you know, the greatest Canadian band of all time. And I think they rank in in the world stage as well. But you guys haven't heard of them. So, no, Tim, yeah. what do you think? Thanks for having us, JD. It's, I, I, I hope, I hope, I hope, yeah. you know, I, I told my family what we were up to and my, um, my oldest son was like, all right, do you, do you like this band? Have you listened to this band? What are you, are you going to be able to do it? You know, this is going to be like a fucking marathon <clears throat> listening to all the albums. And, and I said, I'm not really sure, you know, they're this Canadian rock band from what I know. I, I remember living at the beach in San Diego and one of my neighbors had a tragically hip sticker on his truck. And I always wondered like, that's weird. Uh, you know, a band popular enough to have stickers on a bumper of a truck, but I don't know who it is. So, you know, there's, there's not a lot of, there's, there's not a lot of bands, you know, from, 
the past, you know, 10 to 20 years who made it kind of big that I'd never, ever listened to any song from. So, yeah, it was, you know, we're, we're curious to see where this goes. And, um, you know, I of course, I've listened to Rush. I've seen Rush play. You know, there's all kinds of music out of Canada. Arcade Fire, you know, more present. So let's, yeah, let's see what the Tragically Hip is. Maybe I, we'll see if it's going to be, you know, tragic or not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll Ground, be super hip. Ground, oh, God. Oh, oh, God. Stop, you wind no. this guy up and he just does not stop. Oh, finally. Um, Pete. Ground control to Major Pete. Yeah, yeah. I'm so I got into this. This was a court ordered um, uh, uh, thing uh, for 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 an offense that I had made one time. No, no, no. Um, JD, you asked me to do this, and you know I actually have heard of the Tragically Hip, and it's funny because back in like the, I want to say the mid. 2000s like 2006 2007 i was working at a bar i knew a couple um really good folks that used to come in there a lot they were both canadians kurt and i can't remember the other gal's name and uh, there were a couple and we used to talk about trailer park boys all the time which they loved they would always talk about tragedy yep and it's kind of one of those things that like can't really force anything on people you know, you got to kind of just lead the horse to water and hopefully they drink. And then more recently in like 2018, 2019, I ran into somebody else and they were just like, check out this song and download this album on Spotify and blah, blah, blah. This is my favorite album. You're going to love if you like this. And I'm just like, it just, it wasn't organic. And I'm, I'm hoping that this, you know, this, uh, this adventure that we're all three embarking on will be will be you know it'll it'll take so to speak because previous attempts had not done so and i'm excited though but i know it's going to be a a big sandwich to to take a bite out of that's for sure you know (laughs) go ahead jd if if you would have been you know some dude from florida or i don't know um you know somewhere else in the u.s and asked me to do a, a some other band u.s based band or something i don't it's hard my point is it's really hard to say no to a, a sweet canadian guy oh, so yeah Thanks. so you know it's like i said to my wife amy you know jd who she had heard about but not met asked me to do this like multi-week podcast about some band i don't know and i'm a little concerned like what if what if me and Pete were just like, JD, we're going to have to end the podcast early. We, we, we don't get it, you know, but it, yeah. I'm, well, sure then, we, I'm sure we all get it. I'm sure it's what good. JD didn't tell you is that the original, this was originally going to be a Papa Roach podcast. And we were gonna go through, <laughs> the, through, the, through the discography of Papa Roach, but <laughs> last minute he changed it to the hip. So thank <laughs> God. God. Yeah. So no, where, no offense to Papa. where are you guys hailing from at this point? I mean, I know, but uh, if people are actually listening to this, that means that we completed the task. So that's one thing. Where do you come from, and where do you come from musically? Uh, I live now. I live in Malaga, Spain, which is in the south, 
Um, for those of you who can pick Spain out on a map, it's uh, the closest part to North Africa. But I come from from Southern California, born and raised in the uh, in the LA area, more specific, the Long Beach and Downey area. Most of my life in Long Beach, though. Musically, um, help me out, man. Uh, I, 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 oh. think, I think you're both like big <laughs> fans of music, like like the full spectrum, and that's why I yeah. sort of chose you. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not. Let's put it this way: I'm not a Steve Albini. I don't diss any type <laughs> of music. Okay, for you Steve Albini fans out there, I just I let I like there are music that I will gravitate towards and listen to, which tends to be rock and roll, indie rock stuff like that but yeah i'm never gonna sit there and go you know i don't i didn't like kendrick lamar's record i don't think you should have got album of the year fuck that like whatever dude to each his own man some people really like it some people really like this and that so even those who like pop and roach sorry to bring it up twice (laughs) yeah we know we know we know what next uh the vinyl eats (laughs) in the mail (laughs) <laughs> yeah so i've uh, lived in portland over 20 years just over 20 years this year but i hail from southern california as well um so i'm, I'm kind of just like a west coast u.s guy i guess but lived overseas for a stint of time and hope to do it again because we head over to europe at least once a year um musically you know i don't play anything but air guitar really well just kidding kind of not mediocre i guess and um um i've i will listen to a lot of many many genres of music if you if, if this would have turned out to be like some contemporary country artist i probably would have either killed you guys through the the interwebs or myself or all of us that's about one of the genres i just can't do but yeah i um Grew up, I guess, you know, listening to FM radio and making mixtapes on cassette. And, yeah, baby. You know, like I I could hear, I was telling my son this the other day, I could hear the first seconds of a song and have record set up on my tape deck and just record off the radio. So, you know, huge music fan from early age, like fifth, sixth grade. So been listening to music forever and a fan forever. And at one point, like you, JD, of you have lists and track things. Like I tried to start to try to formulate formulate the shows I've been to in my life. The gigs, because I'm a still a often gig goer. I'm still recuperating from the one I went to last Friday night. But geez, yeah, I've been to lots of lots of lots of concerts. So I feel like I know, you know, music fairly well and can talk about it and know artists and some personally. And um, yeah, I'm excited to give this rodeo a, a you know around the around the corral. See what happens. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be fun, and it's gonna be different. There are gonna be phases we're gonna listen to where. You will like it more than others, I'm sure. Uh, you know, Pete, the the person that was telling you, you got to listen to this. If this is your favorite record, you would like this. I can't even imagine saying that with the hips because their oeuvre is like, is all over the place. It starts out as real. Well, we'll get into it with the EP, but it starts out. It's 
it's bar rock. It's, you know, it's, it's bluesy bar rock. They were disciples of, you know, early, uh, early garage and late sixties stones, you know, that type of music. Uh, I mean, they had a saxophone in the band for God's sake, you know, so they were that type of band. Uh, the saxophone ultimately was gone by the time they started to record. That's uh, Davis Manning. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, it's all over the map. It's all over the map. So why don't we kick into a live song right now, and then we'll get talking about the record uh, in in question here, which is the Tragically Hip EP. This is... Um, Dead Flowers by the Rolling Stones covered by the Tragically Hip with Davis Manning playing sax. Hope you like it. Let's get into it. Silk of poster chair. So 
great. Yeah. Okay, before we get into the EP specifically, I just played you Dead Flowers and I sent you some other uh, live tracks. Just want to get a sense of what you thought of that first group of songs and listening to this band play them live. I thought of so many different things as I first heard some of the songs. I mean, I instantly um, wondered about Gord, Gordon. So many of the songs were specific storytelling. Um, you know, I really wondered about his songwriting process, which... I think it's one of the most boring questions I ask a band, but I immediately went to that. Um, right. His vibrato. Okay. That, that was like instantly, uh, what is going on with this guy's voice and the way he sings? Is he trying to like protect his vocal cords? I think some singers use vibrato when they're like on massive tours or something to exercise their voice or something. But but, you know, it sounded like um, really good kind of bar rock and roll to me. That's that's yeah. what it sounded like. You know, it sounded like I want to be in a club or in a bar with like a couple hundred people, you know, drinking not Labatt's, some other great <laughs> Canadian beer. <laughs> and um, and just kind of rocking out, you know, he, you, you could hear the fans loving the band and uh, it sounded very eighties to me too. Yeah. You know, very, very eighties. Yeah. I mean, it was like every song was its own book, if you will, its own little story, you know, and it just sounded like it reminded me of, I don't know. It reminded me a little bit. His voice reminded me a little bit of how Elvis sings. Gotcha. Okay. Reminded me a little bit of like Freddie Mercury but also a little bit sinister, like Glenn Danzig. I don't know if you guys know who he is. Um, yeah, 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 of course. Um, you know, it's just, I don't know. It was, it was charismatic, you know. He's a very charismatic guy. He's probably a lot of fun to hang out with Gordon, Gord, you know. But, um, yeah, it sounded a very time-specific to that yeah. era. Well, there's something about it that, that makes it more time-specific, too. Pete, what did you think? Well, I, I got to be honest with you, JD. So the, the I listened uh, fully and completely to the uh, <laughs> to the actual EP. Um, right. The 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 live that you the live um, link that you sent me. Uh, the only one that I was able to hear was Highway Girl. Oh, and that's sort of cheating because that came out in '91. Um, Oh, um, so I'm sorry about that. No, no, not at all. I mean, I have my comments on the on the EP itself and kind of what I thought, but I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to jump the gun if you're not ready to, to hear that. But I, I got I have loads of thoughts. Cool. Well, then that leads us to 1986 and them um, finding their way to a studio with Ken Greer. I'm not sure if you guys know who Ken Greer is. He's a Canadian as well. Uh he he was a producer, but he played in a band called Red Rider. Um, and if you're not familiar with Red Rider, check out the song Lunatic Fringe. Check out the song um, uh, White Hot. Th those are great songs. And he was the guitarist in that band. But then he uh, stepped away and started doing some produ uh, production work. Um, a friend of mine is the engineer on this record. And I, I found that out like 
years and years ago, but uh, years after I had been a fan. So I'm hoping to be able to talk to him for this podcast as well. It would be really cool to to hear what he thought, you know, back in 86. But this uh, EP comes out in 87 on cassette, uh, prominently on cassette, but it does come out with a bonus song, All Canadian Surf Club, on the CD version. So CDs were, you know, peeking through and they were they were making their way there. Three singles off this record, Small Town Bring Down, Highway Girl, and Last American Exit. And I don't think that any of those songs are a surprise uh, in terms of singles when you listen to the um you know the album in its entirety. Now this record isn't my favorite, but as a collection of songs it acts as sort of uh, an amuse-bouche uh if you you know uh, it, as it were. What did you guys think of this record this is your first time hearing it and first time talking about it we'll start with you pete you know i i made a point of putting myself into multiple uh scenarios when i listened to it so and and i I kept having this this uh struggle because i remember you saying like you said to me multiple times and every canadian who i've ever talked to about this band has said oh they started out as a bar band and i kind of got that in my head and that was like something I wanted to shed and not really pay attention to because you don't really take a bar band seriously. You know what I mean? A bar right. band is a bar band. But then I understood, you know, the more I listened to it, kind of what you, what the Canadians, including yourself, JD, meant uh, when, when you said that. And, um, oh, I got so much. I mean, I'll be honest with you. The first track, um, so I went... The first time I listened to the record, I went for a run and then I listened to it like sitting at my desk and doing some work and then just kind of like alone, not, uh, you know, not doing anything, not preoccupying myself with other stuff. But the first song I was just like, and you said that was a single, correct? Yeah. First single. It just, I mean, I was, why, every time wildly underwhelmed. Um, I just didn't, it didn't, it didn't hit me at all. Last American Exit, it picked up a little bit. And then Killing Time was just, I mean, that was a fucking behemoth. I need your confidence. Need to know your mind. When it gets right down. Killing time. I know your heart is bad, but it's all I've ever heard. We can live our lives on this righteous crime.
your confidence Need to know your mind When it gets right down to the killing time I know your heart's bad But it's all I've ever had We can live our lives on this righteous crime just really really dug it and um what tim said too is i i there was is it rob baker yeah rob baker i i can't remember what song was it but i absolutely got some huey lewis vibes on his guitar tone i mean it was super 80s and um not in a bad way no i yeah i hear you it's very 80s like production wise because it has no choice but to be i mean it was the 80s after all (laughs) but the weird thing about that is because i was hearing yeah 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 um but i was hearing some stuff in terms of like thinking about okay like i hear like some like the same sort of stuff you heard going on in appetite because that was around the same time that 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 record came out Appetite for Destruction was what, 86, 87? Yeah. But then what I really settled on was like, there is a lot of like, uh, I hear a lot of that record in early Pearl Jam, early Alice in Chains. Yes. I mean, his voice too. I think that record, you can see his voice progress into some amazing shit just by listening from song one to song seven or eight whatever wow okay we'll have to come back to that because i uh, that's really interesting you can hear it right right through the course of the record oh yeah tim yeah what were your initial thoughts eddie vetter definitely came up for me because he you know he has this he'll get to this guttural i don't know what to call it this guttural vibrato thing 
where all of his syllables kind of run together. And I feel like some of Gordon's singing goes the same way, but, but it really varies. Like just going through the album, just first listening to it, I thought, okay, I, I, I kind of catch what this is. And last American exit kind of reeled me back in small town. Bridgetown was kind of like, okay, that's an interesting way to start. Um, but killing time and, Evelyn, you know, was like, okay, who's this Evelyn gal? What is the story here? Like, I wanted to know more conceptually what was going on in in his head. That's kind of, I mean, I'm drawn to lyrics, you know. And at one point, I was like, oh, maybe Evelyn's a cat, you know. <laughs> like, like the man, I was like, man, I was feeling bad for her. I was worried about <laughs> Evelyn, you know. But then Cemetery Side Road, so weird. It's yeah. like, let's throw this in there, you know? And so that got me kind of into not not deep rabbit hole, but, you know, like I mentioned before, wanting to know about his process and hearing that he, they would play music and then he would basically put lyrics to music. And that kind of blew my mind too. Not many bands do that. A lot of songwriters, you know, start with, their prose or what have you. Um, I don't know. I'm a werewolf baby. What? Like, kind of, honestly, did this come out around Halloween? Like, why? Why Why yeah. is that? Why is that in there? It's so weird. And Highway Girl was the first song, like Pete was saying. Highway Girl is the first one I listened to, and it was kind of a messed up, sinister song it's like where is oh, this yeah. going they're killing people their cops are on the run where we dump in the body like wtf is the tragically hip all about but <laughs> I, I, I will say i will say all canadian surf club i've listened to that song the most times out of the wall there's a song for the summer it's called the all canadian surf club goes over real big <laughs>
thing that you need yeah. I got my key, don't get my license ticket Don't ever call me to me is like the most fun that makes me want to hear more i'm a werewolf baby i was just like yeah if 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 this was a single uh, a single song and it was uh i'm a werewolf baby like i I don't know that i would have uh followed followed through on this band (laughs) it was it was really fun but you know i'm like okay some of these songs are very specific to maybe parties people throw i don't know it was it's it's a it's a wild mix yeah yeah it is and what's what's interesting is uh writing credit wise the chief songwriter at this time is the bassist gord sinclair Mm. um writing both uh songs and lyrics uh or music and lyrics and melody um by and large there's a few songs that are gord downey songs and he becomes as as time goes on he becomes the chief uh, lyricist, uh, mm, okay. you know, uh, almost like a poet laureate of Canada, for heaven's sake. Um, but on this one, he's got "Killing Time" that he wrote, and "I'm a Werewolf Baby" is is on his docket. So is "Highway Girl," and so is nope. That's it for him. That's it for him. Okay. Sorry, I thought All Canadian Surf Club was him, but it was not. Pete, yeah. what did you think of All Canadian Surf Club? I dug it at first. It's really weird because I, I I I was like. We- it's funny that, that you made the distinction about it being on the CD, because I was like, "Is this song belong in this record?" It was like, because it sounded. That's the last song, correct? Yeah. I'm mistaken. Yeah. yeah. It was. It just sounded different. Um, but I really liked it. I was like, I, like all Canadian surf club, and then I started thinking about like, is there a lot of surfing that goes on in Canada? <laughs> like sort of thinking like all the places in the world where people don't surf i would think canada would definitely be on on that list (laughs) yeah i don't know where like there's you know like little surfing like little wave surfing you know like 
on or on your water park. Yeah, but yeah, at the water park. But uh, yeah, not a great deal of surfing. Now, if you uh, are listening to this and you're an avid surfer in Canada, then by all means, reach out to us. JD at gettinghiptothehip.com and give us the the old uh, what's for there. Tofino is the place, I'll just say. Tofino, that's true. Yeah, Yeah, you know, that's, I mean, it's on my list to go to someday. I'm being schooled here by... By the uh, Pacific Northwestern. Yeah. Non-Canadian. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I'm a West Coaster in general, so there you go. So any themes or any themes or anything like that throughout these songs um, vibing you? I mean, this is this is a band, you know, they say you write your first record, you know, from the moment you start playing. This is what this is what went down on wax as their you know as their first material and then you enter you know the sophomore slump or or whatever but i can i can assure you you know where we begin with the next record up to here uh is you know not so much of a slump but uh back to this record did you like the studio version of highway girl like obviously the live version is is riveting what did you think of the studio version i liked it i liked it a lot because you know, highway girl was the only one i had heard the live version of but um i think i liked it a little bit more but if i put myself in the context of like being at that show yeah dude yeah, yeah. i'd absolutely want to much rather see it live yeah of course yeah so these songs to me are written it sounds it sounds dumb but this is you know, a young band and they're not doing any trickery in the studio at all. These songs are written to be played right back on the road, you know, uh, leading the, leading the charge of their, of their, uh, of their gigs. So they can start to play less stones material and play more of their own material. Tim? You can, you can hear that in the, Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead, man. No, go ahead. I was just going to say like, there's some, there's some, parts where you're just like you know i remember listening to it and being like dude i mean i can just what you said at the beginning tim i could picture myself at a bar with like 100 or 150 people and hearing this band and like 80 percent of people in there including the bar staff singing along to it because it's just so catchy and like you said jd is like it's it was written to be played live yeah you know yeah and on the live version of Highway Girl, you know, his storytelling before they were even playing, the audience was eating up. I mean, you could hear people laughing, you could hear people cheering. And I just imagined when they were on tour, there was a lot of, lot of banter. I, I would just guess he's kind of a rambler, you know, connecting with the audience. But at the same time, like hearing that live version and hearing the audience and thinking about them being a bar band, like they really reminded me a lot of the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Like I just, just, I don't know. There's something very Bruce Bruce Springsteen about it, you know, upstate New York, Cleveland, Detroit, kind of, but in all those regions, like the Grateful Dead was huge also. And it's, it's just this um, touring type of band that has a lot of followers. They're going to play like, this mixed mash of hits of songs that people love, you know, there's, they're going to be a little bit different every time. Just, I don't know. There's something about them that didn't make me think jam band, but made me think like, Oh yeah, these guys definitely have, yeah, these guys definitely have, you know, 
in the 80s, they probably had a couple hundred thousand like real fans by the end of the decade in Canada. Can you remind us where Canada is again? I forget. Canada lives on the roof of the <laughs> USA, and we we uh, in- intercept all airmail. <laughs> yeah, Highway Girl's weird. Highway Girl's a weird song, you know? I don't know, just like... This this whole album, to me, was kind of a pizza with the works. That's made me hungry, but yeah. I like <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll drink to that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Well, any final thoughts on, on this <clears throat> record, or what you're looking for in the next record or, you know, anything along those lines, uh, Pete, you know, um, JD, you and I have obviously talked, uh, over, over time, um, about, about the hip. And I've talked to a few other people. I think, um, one of my coworkers, Barb, who's a big hip fan. And I, and I, uh, you know, I haven't really, found a roadmap it's just been this hodgepodge it's like tim said you know it's been this this uh this pizza with the works but i feel like i've digested this whole record or i I at least eaten it i'm starting to digest it very well and i'm really excited for the next meal i'm 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 stoked to take the analogy a step further like i'm 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 genuinely excited for myself to listen not for anybody else if that makes sense Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 Excited. I, uh, you know, I've really tried to refrain from any listening or research and tried to come up with what I knew about them beforehand and think about that. I guess I'm excited because it is a band from the 80s. I love 80s era music that I haven't really given a listen to um there are certain songs on this album that make me think okay i can i can definitely hear some more from these guys and there's some total head scratchers where i'm thinking uh what am i in store for you know my my told my son about this whole exercise and uh his his reaction was kind of like overwhelmed for me at the thought of focusing on one band (laughs) so much um, and when I first listened to Small Town Bring Down, you know, in his presence, we look at each other like, oh, no. What am I in for? Well, yeah. What, what is this? Funny, I dig that. Like? I dig that song. No, I, mean, I, it was, I totally do. There's something about it that I grew up in a small town and yeah. something about that idea of, you know, not another small town hometown bring down. I, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, it was but extremely it's very, it's, it's generic. You're, you're yeah, right. Well, and it was not... very, it was very storytelling, also though. But then at Last American Exit, when we got in, got into listening to that, I was in the car, you know, driving, ah. from, driving from Detroit or wherever, upstate New York, I don't know, coming into Canada, and it like I was kind of right there. It sounded kind of great. Better 
together first and then tried to play a handful of shows till they I guess got their bearings and then recorded I mean that's what bands did in the 70s and 80s for sure you know it was wasn't very often that somebody got together and somebody already had 20 songs and they went and recorded you know so it's it's so this is a pretty uh special you know way to start up a group. So I'm, I'm yeah. curious to, I'm curious to hear where they go. I like I like some of the songs, you know? Yeah. Well, it gets pretty, it gets, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're off on a journey. Let's put it that way. Uh, this will be, I, I do like, you know, to carry on the food analogy. I do like this. You're in a new country and every day you're going <laughs> to get a new dish and it's, it's going to be spiced a little bit differently. Uh, early on, it's going to be a little bit more rudimentary. Uh, but as we go on, there's going to be more nuance and, you know, deeper flavor profiles. And then there's context. You start to listen to the songs differently because you start to understand the past and what this group has went through. And when ultimately they played their last show in Kingston, Ontario, and, you know, almost a third of this country tuned in to watch that. Like it was like uh, eleven over eleven million people watched Jeez. the last concert because they broadcast it on our national broadcaster CBC. Wow, yeah, you know, um, they they they've 
they cover a great distance between that time and what you guys are listening to right now. So it'll be interesting to, uh, to hear from you on this journey as we continue on. One other just little mysterious kind of wow fact that I read about them was um, having to do with them being double booked with Nirvana in 94. Do you know about this? Yeah, they played. Uh, they played a show in Milwaukee, uh, and it was eight dollars a ticket, and it was right. magically hip. And right. Nirvana, um, Nirvana was actually opening for the hip at that, or not opening. It was a double bill, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like they played yeah, yeah, first. Yeah. And the, the story yeah. from from all the books is that Gord went to go meet, um, or the band rather went to go meet Kurt, and he was passed out on a pool table like he was he was dead to the world. So they didn't end up getting to meet. But we'll hear an interesting uh, tribute to Mr. Cobain in, in a future song for sure. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to know more. Okay, before we say goodbye, we're going to do one more thing. We are going to pick an MVP track. One track that you'll take away, that you'll put on a playlist. We're going to do a playlist for each of you. And uh, it'll have your takeaway track from each record. And then, you know, when we're done this exercise, we can put those up on Spotify and Apple Music. Well, for me, I'll do it for me while you're, while you're thumbing through it, Tim. Uh, for me, uh, I think the track on this EP, would the, the one that I would, uh, would choose to be would be Killing Time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, certainly, certainly, certainly the standout for me might if I had to pick. To well, you do. Be a crowd so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you at there, Timmy? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to predict it? I was kind of all over with this. Album. I'm going to write it down. I, sorry. I'm write I, it down. I was, no, that's hilarious. I know what you're going to do, too. I was kind of all over with this album. You know, it was full of surprises for me. You know, I already talked about Evelyn. And, you know, I was like, oh, poor Evelyn, whatever. Um, the werewolf, I'm a werewolf baby. Hilarious. Like, where is this band going? Like, it, this was a wild ride of an album for me. Highway Girl, I think, was the first song you sent us, JD. And that one has so many twists and turns. And it just, I think, the most, from my recollection, like maybe the most listens was on that album from via Spotify, Highway Girl. But it closed out really strong with me for all Canadian Surf Club. I think that's a fun. I knew you'd know Californian, <laughs> my Californian homie right there. I knew you'd know. Pete had it written such, down the whole time dude, for those yeah, watching a, at that home. Was, that was a fun track. That's what uh, we call the first episode right there. Boom, done. Theater of the Mind. We traveled straight out of Kingston. Thanks a lot, fellas. It means a lot. Thanks, JD. Can't wait. Thanks, guys. Pick up your shit. Thanks for listening to Getting Hip to the Hip. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review the show at gettinghiptothehip.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at gettinghippod. And join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fully and completely. Questions or concerns? Email us at jd at gettinghiptothehip.com. We'd love to hear from you. Dura. Podcasts and such.